is what camp's about. Who's with me? Keep telling your little story. What was that? Hello? Hello? Can anybody? Time for you all to leave. Hey. Clearly this group has no respect for my lab. Oh, Bumpy. Gave it a name that's precious. We're on our own. We've lined up exclusive behind-the-scenes tours of Jurassic World. Ooh. Yes! Dinosaurs? Plenty of dinosaurs. So, ready for an adventure? Absolutely. But I'm going to need that speech a little shorter and really try to lean into the majesty of this place. <laughs> okay, we're going now. Let's get the six of you to camp. Welcome back to our coverage of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous before Season 2 launches. And today, we're going to be covering Episode 2 with the title, Secrets. It's, it's very ominous. Secrets. Secrets. So, <laughs> so once again today, I'd like to welcome in Stephen Ray Morris to cover this second episode with me because, man, this is a, this is a good one. I think it's a good one, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this one, dude. So how are you, and uh, do you think this episode is any good? This, uh, I'm great. I'm doing well. Uh, getting excited for, you know, like we talked about in the last episode, this second season kind of is is coming really quickly. And it was nice. Again, thank you for inviting me on because it was just like, you know, the original flurry of excitement for Camp Cretaceous. I mean, I can't even imagine how you felt because you saw it, what, like two weeks before everybody else or something? I, I, think, You're it just was, like, I think it was ah! like a month. <laughs> I think it was like a month before. Oh my God. I know. Yeah, I had to like be careful, not talk about anything. So I really appreciate well, DreamWorks giving that that shot. But yeah. Well, it was, you know, um, uh, Clayton, Fioriti, and I flew out to London to go see. We were like, mm-hmm. what kind of vacation am I going to take, really? <laughs> like, I'm going to see yeah. Fallen Kingdom early, there you, uh, go. you know, a month earlier or whatever. Um, you know, and it was that thing of like, okay, like you can't tell anybody <laughs> like I, my yeah. speculation is worthless because in the back of my head, I'm just trying not to like mm-hmm. spoil, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I, but I guess my original point being like, you know, it, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you want to keep that excitement up. And in a way it's like uh, continuing some speculation from last week. Do you think that they moved up the release date because the reception was so good of uh, season two? I I don't know. That's a that's a good question. Um, it, it definitely could have had that. I know. Right around the same time as this show was also Fast and Furious uh, Spy Racers, I guess. So they actually yeah. had a show debut, and their second season has already debuted too. So oh, I guess may, maybe this is just the schedule. Um, I also wondered, like, how much does dominion moving play into any of all this like is there you know i don't know what's in second season so is there anything that like pertains to the movie that they maybe wanted to have you know right before the movie or i, I don't know there's a whole lot of things that's true could, yeah, like, yeah factor into yeah. it but i'm glad no yeah. matter what i'm glad it's coming right here so yeah well and and this this episode i think is like you know if you weren't hooked by the first episode i feel like this episode is the one to really you know, I think it's I've been watching a little bit more TV this year and I feel like with serialized storytelling, it's like the first episode, it's like you want to set up the characters, you want to really like give you a clear idea of like who we're following, you know, mm-hmm. and then I feel like second episodes in a way add a little complication so that you're like you still don't yeah. really know what the whole what it all means or what the point of it's going to be, but you're mm-hmm. like 
oh, this might not be what I think it's going to be or whatever. Yeah. And this one definitely, you know, walks that line of like, oh, my God, what is happening here? And, you know, what, what who do I have to look out for? Like, what is I just don't know what's happening. And I love that about this show. Um, and, and unfortunately, those like deeper things are like all the way at the very, very end. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> let's dive right into it. And last episode, we 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 ended on a cliffhanger inside the Raptor pen. Uh, I this moment is really, really awesome because you're getting like these these like awesome, amazing shots of all these raptors like right in the camera, just screaming their heads off. And I loved how vicious the raptors looked here. And uh, it was pretty brutal. I love it. <laughs> this is again, it's um, to compare it to the Mandalorian. This is our like, you know, if people <laughs> thought that the raptors were, you know, tame or whatever, yep. you know, this is this is making them kind of scary you know showcasing Mm -hmm. them in a scary angle because you know owen and barry you know they respect the raptors they're afraid of them but they you know rightfully respectfully knowledgeable about them whereas here we're just a kid these are just monsters (laughs) you know and that that was kind of cool to see blue kind of in that light a little bit Mm -hmm. um i still don't uh i feel like echo changes every angle i look at him or no delta Wait. Uh, yeah. Which one's Echo. orange? It's the it's Echo, the one that they've for some reason rebranded for like this one scene. Like, because like Echo's not gonna be in any future, you know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, series. Of no season two for Echo, unless I mean, like, you know, but got you some know, robot it's, limbs it's, or something. I don't know. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wait, Echo or Delta? Why am I confused? I don't know. Echo, they Echo. all, all of them except for Blue died. So anybody, Echo is, any the, one Dar- of them. is the Darth Maul of of this franchise. <laughs> gonna come back and gonna be with yeah. uh, with Eric Kirby, and they're gonna be plotting something. <laughs> um, no, 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 I no. This scene's great because it, you know, it kind of makes the the Raptor Squad terrifying. You know, like yeah. you said, there's more opportunities to see them together because, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, we got one movie. You know, and we got some great flashbacks in Fallen Kingdom, which I, sure. I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just seeing them in a scary light. What do you did you did you like the scene overall? Like, do you have the same kind of lore? We kind of left it off in the last episode. Do you have any kind of the lore quibbles about, you know, where I guess here's my take, because some people are like, why wouldn't Barry and Owen be there? Or like, you know, it's the middle yeah. of the night. Yep. It's one of those things. It's maybe a few days, we don't know, before the events of the you know, of Jurassic World and the test and everything that they do. Sure. I, to me, uh, what I like a lot about Camp Cretaceous and it and it happens more and more as the series progresses, but sort of the failure of the bureaucracy of the island and like, you know, we've all had jobs where it's like you know, the managers fold themselves or like there's a problem, but somebody doesn't want to, doesn't say anything because they want to fix it themselves. Mm -hmm. It's like all that kind of layered stuff where it's almost, I feel like Owen is the kind of like nerd who probably like gets mad at people for like touching his cage. You know, these are my, these are my Raptors, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Like he's probably very possessive of them. And I almost feel like the, the other engine workers are like, like, they're like, do we call Owen? They're like, no, he's just going to be up all night. Like, being like who moved this you know like (laughs) you know lecturing all the engine workers like you're not supposed to look at the raptors that way it makes them feel bad about themselves like i almost feel like they probably didn't like they didn't call because you know that's part of 
the plot with with um you know further in the episode you know with uh kenji and darius and brooklyn getting in trouble it's like mm-hmm. if the kid if roxy and dave tell you know the higher ups it's just going to make their job harder as well too yeah. so it's like down the line and i wonder yeah. if like the engine workers were like let's let's just not wake up owen right now he's gonna be drunk and is smelly and is <laughs> smelling of motor oil and booze yeah this little cabin like uh, yeah that's what he does in his spare time he the thing he did under the truck in in jurassic world for the indominus was not just because the indominus didn't he didn't want him to smell it's just something he, it's like something he does in his spare time yeah, yeah. lines yeah um <laughs> I love I love this version of Owen, uh, but but I yeah when I watch this moment I w- and sp- specifically actually when I saw the trailers and stuff like that I'm like okay this this is definitely where Owen is going to show up right he's going to save the day I'm like it's going to be exactly the same you know kind of situation that happened with the kid in in Jurassic World going in the cage yeah. but I'm sure they'll do it anyway but they didn't they they switched it up I mean it is kind of the same kind of savior moment but roxy and dave yeah. come to save the day they distract the raptors with some meat and, and dave grabs uh the, i guess both of the kids there and it was it was pretty cool and, and just surprising i think we said last episode how like they're not relying on you know the likes of of owen or or claire just yet so i think it's really cool well yeah and i wonder if especially with owen because he's less unconnected less unconnected he's less connected uh (laughs) not 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 uh he's less connected to the overall bureaucracy of the park Mm -hmm. that it was almost like let's just not even introduce the concept that he could show up because Mm -hmm. then they would maybe have they would maybe have to constantly sort of justify why he's not there whereas like to me the running gag of like claire just being too busy (laughs) as part of a feature in the show like that's a feature not a bug like yeah that is perfectly in line with like getting her voicemail and like Mm -hmm. stuff you know like to me that's perfectly in line with claire's character Mm -hmm. um so i think there was they were able to sort of weave that in a way that felt clever and smart where it's like with owen it's like yeah we don't there's nothing to stop him from being here if we want him to be here. So it's like, they're like, let's just not even go there. Uh, a drunk Owen with his board shorts would have been pretty hilarious to, to see in this moment though. You know, <laughs> blue, come on. We're working on the tests. Really important. You're supposed to be getting your beauty sleep, you know, like he's so, more woo in that. So he's gone full <laughs> woo where he's just like no asymmetry. <laughs> so yeah he he would have come and he would have thrown up all over the place but instead we get dave throwing up all over the place let's take a listen to this uh little audio cue here that was thank you so much oh that's standard procedure Darius. i do that kind of stuff all the time give me a second <laughs> better oh. <sighs> Are you hurt? Is everyone all right? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Where do you think you're going? You and Darius are in big trouble. Uh, I, I, but he, he was... Save it. We'll decide what to do with you later. If you even get to remain here after a stunt like this. Yeah, I love I love that little moment at the end where Darius is like outside the gates and Blue is just like it's it's pretty much a, a mirror of the film 
it does a very similar thing, but like she's just like stalking inside the gates, just looking at him as the uh, the main gates close. It's pretty cool. No, I love it. Um, I yeah, and I just wonder if it's setting up something for later. Yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, as far as like recognition is concerned. Um, so we we've been kind of touching on it a lot, but like how how well thought out is camp cretaceous at this point where like you know <laughs> we we talked about the counselors in the last episode like where did they come from how competent are they at their jobs and you know we mentioned like oh we don't want to call owen get him involved in this but like there's zero security on this like <laughs> these kids like they're just allowed to go wherever they want and just wander around um it seems like very like you know minimally thought out and like it's like somebody's like Mizrani's like, hey, let's let's set up a camp. And then somebody's like, do you have any plans? He's like, no, just do it. It's kind of like the Lego content. If you watch Mizrani yeah, yeah. and the Lego stuff, he's just like haphazardly just, you know, uh, just thinking about ideas and stuff. So it sounds in line with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I love Lego Mizrani. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense in a way because it's, again, kind of, again, sort of, you know, subtly acknowledging sort of the failure of the sort of, you know, again, these companies are so huge that, you know, uh, Mr. Ryan doesn't even know what he, you know, mm-hmm. think he's, uh, you know, uh, Hoskins lines, you know, when he talks about like, yeah, I think he's into petting zoos and he doesn't <laughs> even know what he's got. Um, so, so to me, you know, this, and, and again, so the reason why they mostly dealt with kids who have some connection to the park because it's like there's more control over that. They're like, look, we don't want to spend a lot of money, but we want to do this camp. I mean, obviously they spent some money because they built a whole mm. treehouse and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but but it's one of those things where it's like there's kind of the cutting corners, and it's sort of like I can imagine that if the camp was fully up and running, that these experiences would be much more controlled, and it wouldn't be as loosey goosey. But they're sort of like, well, half the kids, you know, parents work for the park and. You know, if stuff goes wrong, it's like they have it's kind of like in the evolution of Claire, where it's like we can kind of just, you know, sweep this one thing under the rug and it's not a big (laughs) deal. So I feel like, yeah, yeah, there is sort of a haphazard nature to the, you know, the beginnings of Camp Cretaceous. But, yeah, I think to me, that's the only reason why I would have like some why logistically, you know, um, the whole. Uh, the scene with the raptor with the raptor squad it's because you start to think about this stuff a little bit more you know sure, you're kind sure. of carried away from the narrative for a little bit yeah um you know so yeah and then then back at the camp uh they're kenji and darius are basically hashing it out between each other they're still not getting along and uh i i, I really appreciate this scene i'm gonna play a little audio from it because uh it's it's kind of uh heartfelt and and all that so let's take a listen Okay, maybe it wasn't my best idea. Look, I don't want to get kicked out either. When my dad... My whole life, I've been trying to make him proud. If he finds out that I messed up again, he might finally give up on me for good. We gave Brooklyn a warning for sneaking out. But what you two chuckleheads did... Especially you, Kenji. Your recklessness put yours, Darius, and Dave's lives in danger. We should call your parents and tell them... It was my fault! I jumped into the pit. Kenji was... trying to save me. Yeah, that's it. I 
I was saving the poor, confused <laughs> little kid. I'm sorry. So Darius the dino genius was saved by Kenji, the kid who thinks dinosaurs went extinct because, and I quote, their farts turned the air trashy. Prove me wrong, yo. Yeah, it's just that Brooklyn's account is quite different from yours. <laughs> Brooklyn. Like, it was dark. She was confused. She needs glasses. <laughs> Vanity, am I right? What's important is that I'll keep looking out for the kid here. You're welcome. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> Look, no harm, no foul. Let's chalk the whole thing up to experience, lessons, friendships. This is what camp's about. <laughs> Who's with me? Fine, but one more misstep. I, we, won't let you down. So, what do you what do you think about Kenji right here? Do you are are you buying the sincerity that he's trying to give across <laughs> at this point in time? Um, because he 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 seems sincere when he's talking with Darius, and then he kind of like completely changes course, and and you're like, well, I don't know. I, now now he seems like a jerk again, um, and <laughs> and Darius just steps right in to defend him because he feels bad for for Kenji and and his relationships and all that. So what what do you think about Kenji? Do do you buy his struggles and stuff like that at this point? Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's. I mean, you know, again, speaking of Breakfast Club, you know, it's this moment of you think of it as, you know, it's this moment of vulnerability and like you're peeling back the layers, which I really like. And then the way that they handle this friendship over this episode, I think it really kind of, it sets it up in such a beautiful way for there to be reversals and another, you know, reversals on top of that. Mm -hmm. So again, it's like the show really is like putting character first. And I feel like by the end of this episode, it's like, even though, you know, I feel, it feels like, they the relationships are strong so that you buy it when you know later i feel like their dynamics yeah later. yeah so they they essentially get put on uh cleanup duty uh kind of literally <laughs> duty I literally noticed. yeah no pun intended there <laughs> uh so the other kids get to go to the the cool genetics lab so darius is obviously a little bit bummed uh the, the later on the kids are traveling through the truck uh in the truck they're going out to the lab um, and I think, yeah, I mentioned it in the last episode, Brooklyn's upset that she's dropping followers. So you're seeing this, like, you know, you're seeing through the lens uh, of her experience a little bit. Um, Ben, you're getting the, which is a hilarious insight. And you, you mentioned this part before, but he's just like, he's, yeah, he's sitting there like, dude, 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 dude. He's just like singing some like weird song. And then I love he just, his song. I love his yeah. song. And he says this line, I, I have it here in quotes. He says, the world is a, gra- a grab bag of gross and we're all just along for the moist, sticky roller coaster ride called life. And I'm like, what is this line? It's amazing. Girl, same. <laughs> Hashtag 2020. <laughs> he is just lathering himself with, uh, you know, with uh, hand sanitizer. And, and I was like you, I, I saw that and I'm like, wow, that was, that was like really on the nose there. Or was it like, what was the, you know, it was just well-timed, I guess. Yeah, I well, I think it's that thing of like, I think, you know, again, you risk, you think about any, any show with like a multiple cast of kids in this kind of dynamic, even something like Digimon or something like that, it can be kind of rote in the way that you introduce characters, because you're introducing them essentially in the same way, a formulaic, like, yeah, here's the kid, here's their personality, but then here's like their backstory behind them that gives them the pathos i kind of like how it feels like so far we haven't really gotten 
it's not like we're getting introduced to each kid one after the other. It's almost like we're kind of letting their dynamics flow more organically. So it's like, you can tell Bennett is like a scaredy cat, but then in this episode, you're like, okay, well, he's like prepared, but he has some heart. Um, He's kind of dark and like he's cynical (laughs) a little bit too, which is fun. You know, he's not just like a wimp. He's got, he's got kind of more of a perspective on it, you know, like, he's used he's like eeyore you know what i mean he's just like used to (laughs) stuff not going great you know so he acts accordingly like it feels more organic and real and i like that yasmin is somehow because we she's probably the one who gets introduced more of the last of all of them like you kind of really start to dig into her character once the story starts which makes sense for somebody like that a character who's like very closed off and is very just not very social and she's really invested in this one thing that she's really good at so i love the idea that like to me the fact that she like is endeared to ben and then and then puts on the the hand sanitizer herself <laughs> makes her more endearing. Cause you're like, Oh, maybe she's yeah. just this standoffish athlete type, but then she's, I don't know. She's like, like, wow, that's dark, but also like, Oh my God. And then, and then she starts to put, <laughs> I don't know. It just, there's a, there, to me, yeah. it's, it's, it's allowing there to be, it's allowing us to like think and wonder about these characters a little bit more instead of being yeah. like, here they are cut and dry, you know, here the trope dynamics. It's like, they're kind of a little bit more fluid, you know. So, so who are you connecting with at the most at this point? Because we've gotten to know most of them, like you said, Yasmin, Yasmina a little bit less. But like, do you have a certain connection with a specific character? I mean, Darius, but also Brooklyn a little. Yeah. But uh, Brooklyn, especially over the course of the series. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it, yeah, it's that thing of like you're in the, you know, you start to see in this episode. It's like she's this like. And then it's like behind the scenes, it's like, you know, of that idea of like having to be there for the camera and then having to, you know, and it's like, she's famous to some people, but Mm -hmm. you know, these people don't know who she is. So like, they aren't going to like treat her any different, you know? So it's like that kind of dynamics and her Mm -hmm. having to sort of confront all that. And then also showing how um, knowledgeable she is, you know, as we get Mm -hmm. later into the episode uh, into the lab and stuff, you know, yeah, to me, she's, she's my favorite character in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And this beginning, it's like, it's, it's, they kind of poise her as being kind of annoying and, but then it kind of shifts. And then I think you really start to relate to her a lot. Yeah. And trust me, I I definitely did did because I, I would go to, to target or whatever and film my, my toy hunt videos and be like, Hey guys, I'm here. Look, you're looking at toys. And then I'm like, I turn around and there's just this big poster of Brooklyn standing there with her cell phone. I'm like, I feel great about myself right now. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Look, you're just trying to, you're just trying to get the scoop for the people. I I just wonder what kind of vlogger is Brooklyn? Is she just supposed to be like, just like an everyday life blogger kind of person? So she's like an influencer in like the very classic sense of the word. Like, I guess just generally because i yeah she doesn't seem like somebody because you know she calls darius the dino nerd so clearly it's like her thing isn't like theme parks or zoos or whatever maybe it's just travel experiences and then just being like a a cool teen you know like (laughs) she probably is a teen who did like the ice bucket challenge she was born when i guess 2015 definitely i don't how old are these kids by the way i they don't like yeah i feel like it spans like Darius feels like he's like 12 and then Kenji's like 
17 or something like that. Like, I don't know. There's a, a decent age range, I think, here. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's a little older. Yeah. It, Ken, uh, I don't Darius. really think, yeah, I don't really think about it that much, but that, no. I guess, shows just how, you know, good <laughs> yeah. the dynamics are, but. Yeah, we're we're young at heart, so we relate to all of them at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, Again, this and, is my these are this is my new Breakfast Club, you know, yeah. uh, character archetypes. You know. Yeah. And are you a you Ben? Know, are you a Brooklyn? One of the things Brooklyn does, and you mentioned like what kind of vlogger or whatever is she a social media person? She's she's a risk taker, and and we'll get into that in a little bit because um, that was that's surprising the, the the amount of risks and and I mean she did it in the last episode. She's like, yeah, you're right. Go, she's like. I'm going to get some mad traction on this post and like whatever, you know, she said. So she's, she's taking risk out there for, for, I guess for losing a few followers. So um, <laughs> anyway, we end up back at the uh, genetics lab and we get uh, an amazing cameo here uh, from Dr. Wu himself, Dr. Uh, not BD Wong, but uh, Dr. Wu himself shows up and I love this introduction. So I, I had to play the audio. Let's, let's take a listen. <laughs> This is a rare window into the park's inner workings. Not just anyone can come here, you know. Yep, this is where the magic happens. Doc Woo Woo! Guess who's ready to have a blastocyst from the passocyst? The mitosis with the mosasis. We're ready for some chromosomes, my bromosome. Woo! There it is! I can do more. Please don't. <laughs> We're here for the tour, Dr. Woo. Camp Cretaceous? Miss Deering should have mentioned. I'm sorry. But Mr. Masrani has accelerated the timetable for our newest exhibit yet again. I simply don't have time to spend the afternoon babysitting children. Young lady, hmm? no recording in the lab. <laughs> but that's kind of my whole deal. You see, I have my own web channel. And that's germane because... <sighs> I'm sorry, Doctor. I just wanted my followers to meet the genius who brought dinosaurs back to life. I mean, without you... There is no Jurassic World. But hey, if you want to toil in the shadows while Miss Ronnie and John Hammond get all the credit, I respect that. It's about the work. <laughs> How many people watch this web show of yours? <laughs> <laughs> she completely plays him, and it's amazing. I love it. Well, and I mean, it's, I mean, that's straight from Crichton. I mean, you know, a lot of the Hammond Wu conversations got repurposed in Jurassic World mm -hmm. and shades of that are here. You know, this idea of, I think it's either Ray Arnold and like, ugh, I love, uh, I love Ray Arnold in the book because he kind of, you know, it's that idea that like they've been trying to develop Jurassic Park for so long. And then now that it's here, Hammond's like, I don't need any of you guys anymore. Like we did it, you know? Yeah. It's like, Wu wants to make different things or, you know, make dinosaurs closer to real life or whatever, you yeah. know? And Hammond's like, we don't you like, yeah, I think <laughs> Wu or, or Arnold say in the book, like we, you know, Hammond doesn't need us anymore or whatever. And so I, I love that they've kind of picked up that little thread. Cause it feels like the vanity is really like what they picked up on for mm -hmm. this new Wu. You know, for oh. the Jurassic World generation of Wu. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. You know, he he needs his image like pristine, and you know, he it's interesting that he wants to show it off. I think that's awesome. And there's so many references in this moment. You get you've got Doctor Wu here right on on the screen. You've got Ms. Ronnie mentioned a few times. I think Claire Deering is mentioned, and even John Hammond. And and so yeah. she is she's done her research to a certain point. Like that's kind of interesting. Yeah. 
Like she seems like he was she was making fun of Darius earlier about being a dino nerd, but then she's dropping John Hammond's name here. So that's I that's know. Fun. Well, she's interested in the 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 goss, you know, side <laughs> of Jurassic Park, yeah. which makes me think all that stuff was because we might have touched on a little bit for the last episode, but like was the res so does that mean the resonating chamber was public knowledge enough to be in a video game does that mean that how dra- like what material is out there on the world of Jurassic Park before Jurassic World like mm-hmm. in evolution of Claire uh Claire sees the events of San Diego on TV as a kid which to me yeah. is still like the best little That's amazing. connection but um but yeah, so it's like how much of this is public knowledge? Do you think that there was like when you when you're riding the boat to Jurassic World, they play a movie about the history? <laughs> like that seems like well, a very like that's like watching Final Destination on a plane, you know, like acknowledging the history of Jurassic Park when you're headed to Jurassic World yeah. feels a little I you know. I don't know if they went into the Jurassic Park history, but uh it's funny because they they had that Jurassic Park um exhibition that toured around for a little while and um not the live tour, but the exhibition actually started with you entering uh, a boat, uh, one of the boats yeah, that yeah. you would go to the island. And there's there's like v- nice video screens and, and all this stuff all over, like looking like you're actually out in the water. And then there was a big presentation when you go to the island. So who knows? Maybe that stuff was mentioned. I, I always assume that like that, like uh, after the fact, somebody like, you know. 60 minutes or something is interviewing yeah yeah you know dateline you know rant yeah they, they got to be interviewing him to find out you went back a second uh, to another island what happened you know because because yeah. actually the whole world is is pretty knowledgeable uh, obviously you see that in the beginning of jurassic park 3 with everybody asking him the questions so yeah. they got to be interested in whatever happens next as long as he's willing to reveal it i would feel like he might not be <laughs> but he also wants to make a pretty penny you know, he's always about making his money. So he might just reveal yeah. that everywhere. Who knows? Whoever's willing <laughs> Can to Can I get pay. a cut of ad revenue for this video? <laughs> you know, like, well, also too, gosh, I, I went to the exhibition in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And okay. I feel like they swap out the, the, the person who hosts the intro video, depending on what country oh, or maybe. where. And it's like, yeah. they totally got a Chicago accent person. It's like, yes, yeah, so you're in <laughs> at the Isla Cerna or Isla Nublar for Jurassic World where you could have a couple of hot dogs. You know, you're like, what is happening? Uh, no, but you made me think, you, you made me think also like, you know, further, because I think in the, this rewatch, I actually really appreciated Roxy and Dave's character a lot more. Like, I think a lot more care went into them than I, because mm-hmm. I was just kind of focused on the kids and then how it connects and the story, you know, the action yeah. and everything the first time I watched it. But my guess is that Dave was in a role where he got to see a lot of the park. So whether he's like, maybe he was like the head caterer or something like that. And he just had such a good <laughs> attitude and he could like yeah. wrangle people together that that's why he would make a great camp counselor. It just feels like he, I could see him like stopping, you know, cause if you're like head of catering or something like you're going to stop into the control room, you're going to stop at the labs, you're going to stop, you know, at the, mm-hmm. yeah, the park yeah. rangers, you know, you're, you're going to kind of know everybody <laughs> at the park. Yeah. And then I feel like maybe Roxy was more in sort of like, not sales or anything, but maybe like customer relations, kind of maybe on like the same track that that Claire went on. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's much more of a people person than Claire is. So she maybe volunteered to do this camp counseling gig. 
on top yeah. of whatever gig she has normally or something like that. Yeah, Claire is not, not, not a person who would ever uh, volunteer to do this kind of job. So No, but, no, but, no. But Dave is, Dave is pretty hilarious. I love that introduction. It's so corny and silly, but like it is so amazing. All that stuff he makes up about Dr. Wu. And you can just see Dr. Wu is like, this guy, not him again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because he's come around, you know? Yeah, he's like, I he just want to, my yeah. bagel. I just want my donut. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to like make five minutes of small talk with Dave, you know? Yeah. So we end up back at the dino droppings. And uh, this is where Kenji is like, you know what? I'm going to take you on a VIP tour of the park. There's underground tunnels, which is is pretty amazing. Again, these they're just like, go ahead, kids, just Stand here in the jungle by yourself, I guess. Um, so, you know, it's, I can't blame them for, for walking off a little bit and going into that tunnel system. Of course how, I would, yeah. How cool, how cool is that tunnel system? I mean, it's always awesome when you see these different aspects of something that could be original, you know, at some point. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... I feel like when we first started seeing behind-the-scenes pics of Fallen Kingdom with, like, the bunker and stuff, it was like, yeah. oh, we're finally going to see the underground tunnels you know, that they talk about in Jurassic Park in the book and stuff. And so, and yeah, cause in the book, it's not even just like the Raptor's nest at the end of the book or whatever, but it's like, um, it's been a while since I read the books, but like, uh, Lex and Tim and Grant, they go through an underground tunnel, like on a golf cart or something with that baby Raptor. Yeah. Or at least the baby Raptor still like stuck that. in the cage or whatever. But, you know, it's just like, again, that idea of like, we've talked about it's just like it's opening up this park more this is the stuff mm-hmm. that we wanted to see when we saw yeah. Jurassic world it's like no can i just start walking down this corner you know and see what's behind there you know yeah that's what has has me excited about the next season um but even even the lab stuff the lab stuff's pretty cool you know we get a a different research facility something new um and actually they kind of allude to that uh i, th- I think it was earlier you actually see like that research sign i don't know if it's the same sign from Jurassic World, but it's like it's a, an allusion to that sign that we saw yeah. in Jurassic World, um, that old school well, sign. Well, and also the thing I noticed too, one is that we see the character of Eddie, uh, which yep. I didn't notice the first time. Uh, he'll come into play <laughs> later, and then oh, he will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the idea that like <sighs> the well, we've been talking a lot about this, you know the Indominus Rex's opening affected everything behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Like Wu's whole, his whole schedule is thrown into disarray. People are scrambling. It's like, it's what I loved about the f- first season as a whole was just this kind of like doom, you know, uh, headed towards, you know, with the Indominus. And so, yeah. N- paying attention to those little details of how the Indominus is brought up ahead of time is like, mm. Oh wow. This, this was like a huge project. Yeah, I, I have some audio here. This is, uh, I believe, from Brooklyn's little interview. So let's take a listen real quick with Dr. Wu. Okay, Dr. Wu, you're on. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Dr. Henry Wu, PhD. Welcome to one of our satellite <laughs> Jurassic World genetics labs. I like to say that creating a dinosaur takes time. T, technology. I, ingenuity. <laughs> And M-E. Me. Me. Whoa! <laughs> Dr. Wu, what's that? Tree frog DNA. Now, unfortunately, I... <gasps> what's that? Siberian mammoth remains extracted for... Ooh, what's down that hall? My private office. 
It's restricted. You guys, look. I think Wendy's eggs is about to hatch. That's not possible. That Ankylosaurus has only been incubating for 10 weeks. Is that a tail? Oh. Oh! oh, 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 oh. Get it off me! Get it! My lab? Wow. She's so tiny. But she won't stay tiny for long, right? That's the idea. All the dinosaurs go through an accelerated growth cycle. They're supposed to incubate for 13 weeks with no noticeable defects. But apparently this one slipped through. So yeah, DreamWorks is going to be really happy about all this audio, but... <laughs> I was going to say, Wu just straight up just grabs Bumpy and just th throws him into like, there's like a little basketball by the trash can. No, that's horrible. Yeah, we actually realized that Wu is, you start to see him like unravel a bit. He, he's, he does that. I think even later on, I don't know if I have a clip or anything, but like, yeah, I think it might be. But like, he just pushes Brooklyn, like just, you know, throws her. And I'm like, oh my, this guy, what Total is. Total George Costanza moment. Yeah, right there. so. So this, this, I, you know, that I wanted to cut that into like smaller chunks, but that was just, there was so much information in there, um, you know, from yeah. the, the Siberian mammoth remains, which is really interesting. Cause he's like, yeah, those are Siberian mammoth remains from, and then it gets cut off and you're like, no, what is it from? <laughs> and then like, you know, obviously the incubation period of like bumpy was only 10 weeks along they usually go to 13 weeks with no defects he's got a defect or bumpy's got a defect here asymmetry uh which you know i guess helps give him his name there but uh or him or her um but <laughs> there yeah. ben is ben's nickname is barfy so it's barfy and bumpy <laughs> oh no <laughs> but uh life. yeah there's so much information in here uh what, what's going through your head because like i know the first time i watched it and honestly like i know we brought it up before but like i had i got the chance to watch it early I didn't know if I was going to be able to watch it again. I thought it was maybe a once and done. So I am like trying to take notes and there is so much yeah. happening here. I don't know what's going on. And it was, it was pretty cool. This is one of the highlights I feel like for, for Jurassic fans. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, seeing Wu again and then also being allusions to more, to more. I mean, I think, you know, so much of dinosaur like museums and things like that, Involve I, the Ice Age, you know, and the the um, whatever the era is after Mesozoic, Cenozoic, whatever. Like I don't, you know, know all the all, all the all, all the like you know uh, Ice Age creatures. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's cool that they were finally able to acknowledge that because it feels like something that they like. You know, we've had you know we had flying reptiles in the original Jurassic Park movies. And then the world phase, we get marine reptiles with the Mosasaur. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it only makes sense that, you know, they would eventually introduce the concept that there could be woolly mammoths and, you yeah. know, other, you know, we just, all we just get is like, we just get a um, a photo of like an insert of like Ice Age, you know, it's like Manny, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, wow. 
He's just like behind bars in Jurassic World in Wu's lab. He he would be like the Howard the Duck of Jurassic Park, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's pretty amazing sequence. I love that. Uh it does kind of flip back and forth this entire episode. It's kind of all over the place. Um and the other kids, Kenji and um Darius, they're just they're just wandering through some tunnels, trying to track down yeah. the Carnotaurus. Um there was a little mention about like Oh, this is a place where like they quarantine the dinosaurs that are too aggressive. So that was pretty cool. Like now you realize like, hey, they they have stuff off show, you know. So they're they're behind the scenes somewhere. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I like I like that. And Kenji has clearance. Like mm-hmm. his dad, I mean, might be more than just like a board member or an investor. Like to to actual get, you know, park access. I think is a pretty big deal. Like there's a yeah. difference between you know, somebody who has a, has access to a company box at, you know, the Staples center or something like that. Like this is more than mm. that, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I would say he, he has to be pretty, his dad has to be pretty high up to have sort of a universal security clearance <laughs> that his son can, you know, <laughs> steal the key card or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, has the access to, he's certainly like pretending a lot here. He's trying to like, you know, make himself seem a little bit cooler, but like, he does. He must have done all this a lot of times to be able to just wander through and kind of know where he's going. So it's pretty impressive. But uh, yeah. eventually we end up back at the lab and uh, some pretty interesting stuff that happens here too. Sammy and Brooklyn, they like smash into each other in the hallway. Um, and, and then we find out that Brooklyn sneaks into Wu's office because she just learned that the you know office is back there. And there's, there's like a lot of different things. Uh, you see like a whiteboard with all these like different dinosaurs on it and dino sequences or whatever um the computer and and brooklyn actually mentions e750 clinical trials i'm like what's what's happening here you see spinosaurus bones it looks like a t-rex head some teeth it looks like you got blue on there and then on the on the desk you have that indominus rex paper there so what's going on with these clinical trials like what do you (laughs) what do you take away from that well and also too the fact that there is a different research lab that like there's Mm -hmm. the lab you know, in the innovation center, like the idea that there's these multiple labs across the Island potentially. And like each one has a different project. Like Mm -hmm. it, it, again, it it creates this air of like, it's puts a little bit more mystery back in all this, you know, again, clinical trials. Like I think maybe you and Aaron were talking about it or maybe on the, I mean, we've all been talking about it, but like, I know (laughs) I feel like you guys were having a conversation about this of like, yeah, maybe it was Aaron who was saying, to some extent of like clinical trials. Is that something new? Is that related to the Indominus? You know, stuff know, like that. Where I know it's Tom, just like, Tom gets the mind racing. Tom Fishenden was wondering if it had anything to do with human clinical trials. Cause I feel like a lot of times you hear clinical trials surrounding humans. So like, yeah, is that any kind of allusion to anything we might see in, in Dominion, which could be cool, you know, and, and it obviously has a huge track record with, and I don't know if they want to, be this on the nose in this current timeline of our, our, our world, but like with viruses and stuff like that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally don't think Wu had anything to do with Macy and all that stuff. Hmm. Cause I feel like Hammond wouldn't work with Wu if Hammond had, if Wu had done yeah, that for, for Lockwood, but uh, remains to be seen how that'll all shake out. But um, <laughs> it was an unholy thing that you did. Um, we need but, whatever uh, that backstory is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, but but again, like 
the first episode, this episode also just is it throws in these little tidbits that, you know, it doesn't define anything necessarily, but it certainly mm-hmm. alludes to. Yeah. Something, you know, and it's... and again, this this idea of this, like, you know, the the day Jurassic World falls like mm-hmm. that. There's almost it's like a disaster movie where or like, the, you know, the day after tomorrow where it's like you see all the little pieces. Yeah. I mean, again, like the original Jurassic Park, like it's just it's stuff like that where it's like, oh, woo's rushed right now because of this new exhibit. And then you learn about the Indominus, which I, you kind of make that connection, you know, or at least yeah. because we've seen Jurassic World, we know that that's what it is. Um, so it's just kind of like, and again, that like kids are sneaking around a high security lab. Like, you know, it's just things are not, the ship isn't being no. tightly. No, not uh, at all. Yeah. Cause like he steered. just, he interrupts and he's like, all right, what are you doing here? So they, they end up kicking her out. But um, I have another audio clip. Uh, I don't even know which one this is. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Where is that stupid pit? Kenji, oh. <laughs> maybe we should head back. We don't want to get caught and cause trouble with your dad. What does my dad have to do with anything? He was barely around. He's not worrying about me. What? Then what was all the... <laughs> my whole life I've been trying to make my dad proud, Junior. <laughs> oh, right. I was lying. Because of the whole not wanting to get in trouble and send home thing. Forgive me for not wanting to spend another summer alone. In fact, when you really think about it, this is on you for being so gullible. (laughs) I can't believe this. There is no Carnotaurus, is there? Tay, I keep it honest, except this morning and like a bunch of other times today, but I'm telling (laughs) the truth about this. Great! I'm out here for no reason. I'll probably get sent home, and it's all because I believed you! Fine. Whatever. Last time I tried to do something nice for a dumb kid. Kenji delivers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's, uh... Kenji lying a whole, a whole much, a whole, a whole lot there. Um, and I don't know, like, I still, I, I don't, I don't know, like, at what point is he lying? Is he lying now? Is he lying? Like about lying? Is he lying? Like, there's too many lies here. I don't know yeah. how deep we are. Like, cause I kind of believe him in his sincerity in, in certain instances. And, and, uh, I don't know. So I, you know, obviously yeah, I, he knows what's up and they get to this, this fence, but they realize they're on the wrong side of the fence, but <laughs> That's such a great moment. Yeah. I feel like that's something that it's like, even if you've never seen Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, you get it. But I think Mm -hmm. us knowing it just makes it like we we realize it just a second before they do. And that Mm -hmm. that is like the perfect amount of time for realization to be like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I mean, how horrifying. I yeah. yeah, I I. I would not like to be in that situation. Um, I know, I think it's one scene ahead, but they, yeah, they get chased down and uh, yeah, they, it's a convenient plot device thing here, but there's like a little security gate kind of thing in the fence. I don't even know what that is. Like, it's just like a little thing that they're able to squeeze through. Well, yeah, I guess it's, I'm curious because it's like they feed the Indominus. Mm -hmm. I mean, they even feed the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park with a huge cow. So it's like, what 
little scraps of meat are they pushing <laughs> yeah. through that thing? Like the Carnotaurus needs to eat more than just like what can fit through that gate. Yeah. And that's one of those things they, like with the raptors. You you don't want to like test the limits of that one spot on the fence. Like the the tor you know, the toro there might just start aggressively attacking that wanting food, you know? Yeah, maybe there's an instance where if they need to go in the cage, that's an easy way for people to slip equipment in and out if they like, guess, forgot yeah. something. You know, instead of having to like throw a stun prod over the fence. Yeah. You know, it's I, like, okay, here's a little thing. But yeah, it's it's barely big enough for a kid to fit through. So mm -hmm. maybe but, they um, put compies in the cage to, oh. um, <laughs> you know, to clean up the poop and everything. Like in the, oh, you know, how... That's fair. I could totally see that being almost, it's almost like the Ghostbusters sort of like you like have the compy cage, you slide it in, <laughs> close the back and then you open up the thing and then let yeah. the compies go into the, <laughs> into the, you know, in this case, the Carnotaurus cage. I love that. Um, so that they can go and clean up and do their business. Maybe, maybe that happens. That could be. Um, back at the lab, they, I think this is, might be, uh, this might be my last audio clip that i have here um i think it uh, also has to do with dr Wu. so let's uh, let's take a quick listen maybe not oh no i skipped ahead um <laughs> anyway yeah i i guess i missed a, an audio clip in there somewhere but Let's skip ahead to this moment. I'll, I'll continue playing it anyway. I was like, what is this? What's happening here? <laughs> it's like somebody sneaking around. <laughs> oh, I was like, I know what I'm listening to. <laughs> So yeah, that uh, that was like literally the last moment of the episode. I, I yeah. skipped ahead just a little bit. There was not much in between there. Literally, just like a little bit about leaving Bumpy will eventually go out into the wild with the uh, other ankylosaurs. I know in my mind, I was like, oh no, don't go there. Um, yeah, and then <laughs> and then Kenji and Darius are just having like uh, you know they're kind of like actually getting along now. They've bonded since the the, the beginning of the series, and uh, and then we end up in the jungle at night and uh this is yeah this is what we see or well, that's what we hear yeah. here is somebody you know sneaking you're like oh, i hear somebody sneaking yeah somebody's walking through the jungle a drone flies down and a little thumb drive is inserted into this drone and then it just takes off and so good i'm like what is what is happening here like this is not what i expected who's doing this <laughs> you know and and you're kind of you're kind of a little I guess you're a little curious maybe about Brooklyn because she was, you know, swiping through some documents and stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like she, her goal is her channel. And like, that's all she really cares yeah. about. She, I don't think she's like doing some sort of espionage here. So at this moment in time, like, what was your inclination that was, that was, well, I mean, I, I, I don't even, I didn't even know espionage was on the table. You know, <laughs> it's kind of a thing that we talk, you know, as far as again, like thinking about 
you know, Jurassic world in a real world context. Yeah. And, you know, so, so the idea of corporate espionage and stuff is like perfectly Jurassic, obviously. Mm. I mean, that's the whole, you know, Nedry and dots and all that stuff in the first movie. So to me, that was like such a nice little surprise. Yeah. That, Oh, here, like the, the rabbit hole goes deeper. The, because, you know, that's the problem, you know, with any tie in media, you know, if you're going to tie it in, do you make it a whole separate thing that has no effect on the larger story? Or are you going to try and weave in some other elements that kind of give it a grander purpose? And so I think like, you know, if, if you're watching, you know, you know, you've seen episode one, seen episode two, you know, th- maybe you're back where it was when the show came out. This is that moment where you're like, oh, okay, the show's going to be maybe more than just about kids running away from dinosaurs. Like, yeah. this is an exciting moment. Yeah, and you're right. It is. It's just a pure Jurassic kind of thing here. Um, I feel like even like Jurassic World Evolution deals with a little bit of like espionage and stuff like that. You have to kind of stop some things from going down. You have obviously what you mentioned in Jurassic Park. Um and even the evolution of Claire deals with this kind of thing as well. You know, yeah. there's there's a few people or something like trying to steal information for a health organization or something like that, pharmaceutical yeah. company or something. So it's it's a common trope, I guess you could say, in, in Jurassic. And, of course, we're probably going to see something similar, uh, you know, some co- sort of, um, you know, culmination, I guess, of all of this in dominion so i th- i don't know it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out um but yeah i was i was like oh my god where is this thing going that means there must be i feel like there's got to be a boat like off the island or something like that you know this drone yeah, yeah. can't possibly go that far right so <laughs> yeah. how far can the drone fly like <laughs> yeah i i don't think it's going too far but uh so it makes me wonder like who's off the coast like who's trying to get this information so there's a lot going on in this moment, and uh, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool, like you're saying, to open it up into not just kids on an island, but something bigger. Yeah, and and how that plays out, I think, is done really beautifully. And you know, again, you know, if we're in this headspace of like, what is going on? Who is that? Like, it totally. They do it in such a way that it's satisfying when you learn it later, mm-hmm. but it's not totally um forecasted that you no you know at this point yeah. anything's possible for me you yeah. know in this moment and i i feel like at the at the time i'm i'm even wondering about dr wu because he was such a focal point of this this episode i'm like well this this could be him too you know he could be sending something out there i don't know why it's yeah, the, the middle of jungle but like yeah it could be him too and I, I you know he's a character that i've always wanted to know more about how does he fit into all of this why is he uh, kind of evil and all this after just being like this cocky, you know, uh, aggressive uh, scientist in the first movie. So how did we get here? And I'd like to know. 20 but... years of unrecognition. <laughs> uh... Yeah. So any any final thoughts on this as we uh, wrap this one up? No, I mean, I think that the, you know, second episode, it, it, it does what it, what it, you know, in a way it's like to me, some of the action stuff with the dinosaurs is kind of almost the least interesting thing. Like they look beautiful. I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, Carnotaurus is, is my favorite uh, carnivore, carnivorous dinosaur. Okay. Um, and, you know, the way that they've brought it back from fallen kingdom into this. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was one of the most iconic scenes from the books, not yet to be adapted is, 
you know, a scene with a Carnotaurus, which I don't know if we'll ever get in any capacity, but um, seeing the Carnotaurus yeah. kind of elevated in this way was like really cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, speaking of the visuals and stuff like Bumpy coming out of the egg was really, really impressive looking. And you know, <laughs> the just... sound effects are so gross just listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Just like the yeah. Eggs cracking and everything. Yeah, it's not too nice to listen to, but like visually it looked amazing. Like and and yeah, yeah. I, I watched it again, like you know, I've watched it on big screens, you know, in my house and stuff, but I've also started to watch things on like my computer or my my phone and and I'm getting like these details on these smaller screens and I'm like, oh like visually it looks really cool up close like that, like right in front of my eyes. I'm like, man, that looks good. So so Bumpy no, but, was, I mean, was Bumpy pretty stand out. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, you know, we're we're a raptor, rex, sauropod, friend. You know, those are like the three stars of the franchise. And then you have like pteranodons and mosasaurs. Yeah. And then it kind of just goes from there. So it's kind of cool to see. You know, to me, Ankylosaurus was one of the iconic herbivores. You know, you got your Triceratops, you got your Stegosaurus, oh, sure, and then yeah. Ankylosaurus. Yeah. And so to to see Ankylosaurus elevated in this way, I mean, you know. I got, I got bumpy here. Oh, yeah. I got bumpy here. I, I got bumpy here. You know, <laughs> I like, got, yeah, I got several I, of them right behind me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's this episode. It's like the promise of, you know, but we're going to see bumpy again. And it's, you know, especially if you've seen the marketing, it just adds even more questions. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and know, the timeline it, wise, you're like, how long? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Bumpy is already kind of charming in the moment. Mm-hmm. And again, by having Bumpy interact with a character who doesn't really want to, but sort of, I don't know. And then Wu kind of, you know, being like asymmetry in my lab, like you're already very endeared to this little guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've always been interested in the accelerated growth rate stuff and, uh, and all that. So it's, it's really cool to see it come to fruition pretty pretty well here you know you're not kind of just relying on like things you you've heard or something like that you're actually seeing it in in process and that's really cool and and to see you know later on how that how that's even explored further it's it's pretty it's pretty darn cool so um i think yeah this oh i was just gonna say one more thing just to because you just made me think of (laughs) it's like again comparing uh camp cretaceous to the mandalorian it's like I think what Star Wars has done really well lately is filling gaps mm-hmm. in in that sense in ways that are like na- narratively satisfying. I, I don't I don't think Camp Cretaceous is necessarily doing the same thing, but it's almost like you know we've had we've had five movies in a short film so far that live in their kind of own spaces. I think obviously yeah. Jurassic World and Lost World and Jurassic Park, and then. Uh, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and Battle of Big Rock, you know, they're a lot closer connected. And I feel like this is just putting a general air of just like interesting information out there Mm -hmm. that for me feels organic to filling in any information that we may like long for. It doesn't, it's not like, you know, it's not like a Star Wars visual dictionary or like Rogue One where it's like literally here's the weak spot of the Death Star, but it's like, oh, accelerated <laughs> growth hormones. Okay, well, that might explain yeah. why certain dinosaurs are these sizes and, you know, why, you know, it, it it just adds more complexity to the 
to the world. Yeah, it's it's giving us a, an, an interesting layer to analyze and to discuss and and think about and theorize. But like, yeah, it's certainly not it's not the deepest show in the world. You know, it's not trying to go super, super deep. But I, I appreciate the level of deepness, I guess you could say, like that they've gone into <laughs> because it's it's not necessarily where I expected. Like, I didn't expect this episode to be like, hey, this is number two in the lineup. You know, we're going fairly deep here on this episode so it's good i'm happy with the amount of content uh, that's coming out of the show and the the ideas that it's lending my brain to go in all these different directions so i, I i'm definitely into it in an episode two i'm like all right you know are we going are we doing cliffhangers now from every episode that's that's great with me yeah it's pretty cool yeah i mean yeah the first time i watched it i did not hit i think i hit stop between this episode and three to like grab a snack and go to the bathroom, but I watched it, you know, when it dropped at midnight or yeah. whatever. And, you know, just, it never let up after that. So, yeah, I, I consider this to me, this is as Jurassic as the original movie. Like these oh, characters are for sure are real, yeah. are real to me in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that'll be interesting. Like we were talking about before about like, you know, if this does get to like six seasons or something like that, like how, how deep will our level of knowledge go? Because I, I'm pretty versed in Star Wars. I know you are as well. And it's like, you know, I think we can handle it. I think we can handle all this yeah. stuff, right? <laughs> Maybe we'll forget some things here and there, but eventually. How many Marvel movies and TV shows and how many Star Wars <laughs> things have they just announced? Yeah. You know, I think we're, I think we're getting like, like four or five Marvel shows next year alone. Like, <laughs> yeah. So give it, we can give, bring it. on Camp Cretaceous seasons two through six in 2021. <laughs> we deserve it, guys. Please. It's been <laughs> one heck of a year, you know? So uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you online? Obviously, they probably already know, but uh, where, where you at? Stephen Ray Morris on all the things and uh, see Jurassic Right, Estereopod on Twitter, see Jurassic Right on Instagram. It's all there. Awesome. I love the show. I love everything you do. So thanks for thanks for joining Thank me you. on these these first two episodes, man. It's been fun. So it's so much fun. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to find us over on JurassicParkPodcast.com. Find us over on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod, on Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast, and on Facebook as well. Please subscribe to us over on YouTube and follow us on all major podcasting platforms. Thanks, everybody. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.